Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlets and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, this is Marnie and I'm excited to have you with us this afternoon. Thank you for coming and we have a wonderful guest today, Jackie Boatwright of JackieBoatwright.com. We're going to be talking about how to be the most fascinating person you know. (laughs) During the next hour, you're going to discover how to channel your energy for the best possible results, the main reasons you should become more fascinating, the realities of how God made you to be mesmerizing, how to see yourself as intriguing through the eyes of Christ, what to do with any failure, a wonderful but possibly surprising role you've been assigned, two of the most powerful tools you've been given by God, and what to expect from God, and what Jesus expects from you. Our guest today is Jackie Broatwright. She's indeed a most fascinating person. She has developed products that are carried by major vendors, including Walmart and Whole Foods. Her stage play performances garner standing ovations and rave reviews. Her advocacy resulted in the passage of a child protection law named in honor of her late son, who died as a result of injuries sustained at his state-licensed child care center. And she is also a popular speaker for ministerial and motivational conferences. Welcome to you, Jackie. Hi, Marnie. How are you? (laughs) I'm great, and it's great to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for welcoming to, me to your show. I'm excited to share and to hear and to just to really engage your listeners. Well, that's awesome. And one of the things that, of course, captures our heart when we listen to your bio is that you lost a son um, due to injuries sustained at a state-licensed child care center. How long ago was that? Actually, that was in 2001, September 9th, 2001, to be a fact. Um, September mm. 10th, I, I lost my best friend. And September 11th, of course, was the World Trade Center bombing. So I had what I call three days of total unexpectedness. And yeah. I had to make a quick decision as to whether I was going to live or die in the midst of everything that was happening mm-hmm. to me so quickly. Oh, my goodness. That, yeah, wow, that was crazy. Uh, I, I remember how I felt on 9-11, and I didn't have anything else going on, particularly at the time, so I can't even imagine all of that slamming you. As you chose, as you chose then to live, um, what was one of the phrases, maybe one of the thoughts or things that kept going through your head at that time? Well, there were so many things, Marnie, with all honesty, that were going through my mind. Um, of course, I had the enemy, which I will call him, uh, telling me that, you know, okay, um, it's over for me. Life was over for me. You know, that was it. I was never going to accomplish anything, that this situation was going to be my demise. And then, of course, I know God and, and knew what God is capable of doing, what he's capable of doing. And so he, of course, was on the other side of me saying, hey, you know, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. So you are either going to take this situation 
and make a defining moment out of you or you're going to listen to the enemy and let it define you because your struggle is to supposed to show who you are in me. And so I began to hear that, okay, this is going to be my defining moment to show who I really am in Christ. You know, a lot of times when we're going through things, we tend to, when everything is perfect, we tend to talk about how much we love God, how much we believe in God, and what God can do this and God can do that. Yet when we're faced with those trials and tribulations and those hardships, that is when then... You know, we everything that we talked about, we can't hear, we can't focus on, we can't believe ourselves. <laughs> right. And so right. I had to fight for that uh, belief, and I really wanted to show God that in spite of everything, that I was indeed who I said I was in him before this happened. Hmm. And who he said you were, right? Amazing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. uh, dark night of the soul. How long did you? How long did it take you to uh, to come to come to a point of any kind of peace or uh, ability to move forward in your life? Well, my son, when he had the tragedy, he didn't pass right away. So therefore, mm-hmm. I had my hopes set for a miracle, and so I knew asking for a miracle in one hand, and holding malice in the other hand was not going to work for God. (laughs) So two days in, I immediately made the decision to forgive. So I went to the child care provider's home, embraced her, and really from the depth of my heart said, I forgive you. And it was at that point that where I found my peace and my I was okay. I was ready then to really put on my armor and fight the way God would expect me to fight. Forgiveness is such a surprisingly huge piece of everything, isn't it? It is the significant, the most significant part of anything that you do where your, hmm, I would say your, 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 menta- your mental state or your peace is being challenged, where your mm-hmm. anger is being uh, aroused, it is very important that you learn how to forgive because it is the superglue that puts everything else in perspective. Mm, love it. Love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. We've got such great content to share today, but before we did, we just had to pause for a moment and honor honor that piece of your life that was so excruciating. And um, God has brought beautiful gems out of it. You our shining example of Jesus Christ, and I'm so proud of you. I, I'm so happy you, but I am. <laughs> oh, thank so. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about how to channel our energy for the best possible results. So I like to, when I do trainings with groups, I talk about, you know, body electric. I, I love the thought of us being an electrically charged body. You know, if we were to put a, a brick against a live wire, nothing would happen. If you put me against a live wire, I'm going to fry. You know, so I mean, there's so much electricity happening inside of us, and we've got all this energy, and sometimes we're not channeling it for the best possible results. So talk to us about that. Well, I think that most people don't channel the energy is because the moment that they are are making steps toward doing something that's going to progress them in life, fear sets in and negative thoughts set in 
And so, therefore, it changes the whole thought process. And that is really the only powerful tool that the enemy has against you is your thought process. He has nothing else. If he can get you to think a certain way, then everything else, he's prevailed. That's why God says, so a man think it he is. Faith cometh by hearing me. The more that you hear something, the more that you believe it. So the, the, the one way to channel your energy is to channel your thought process toward positivity. And because most people, when they're going toward a goal or, or anything that they want to accomplish or do, they start thinking of the, the negative what ifs. You know, what if uh, this happens? Or, you know, what if this, what if I fail at this, what if this happens? And that makes them fearful and they become timid, they become stagnated in their growth. But I instead say, okay, the positive what ifs. What if I make it? Am I prepared to handle the success? You know, what if, you know, if this thing just goes out the window? You know, what am I going to do? So I begin to prepare myself for what God is able to do. Whether he does it or not is not the issue, but he is capable of doing it. So I prepare myself and channel my energies in that direction. I love that. Um, I like out of Philippians chapter 1, verse 28, in the Amplified Version, there's this awesome verse, and I have it posted up several places, but I'm going to read it to you right now. <laughs> and do not for a moment, be frightened or intimidated in anything by your adversaries and opponents of the unseen world. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. You know, this Absolutely. verse, when, when it's in the regular version, you know, it just says, you know, basically don't, don't give in to fear. But I love how the Amplified just expands it and says, don't even for a moment give in to that. It's not from God. Right, absolutely. And that is what most people forget when they are faced with what I call challenges. Because anytime you're setting out to do or to accomplish anything, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be work. I learned to see my obstacles as opportunities, my struggles as successes, my trials and tribulations as testimonies and triumphs. And so I just began to change my thought process. You know, and even with my son, going back that far, you know, I, ch- I changed my, I wouldn't let people come into his room, oh, crying, oh, well, no, uh-uh, nope, we're not having that, <laughs> you know, because it would drain you out of your energy. And when you don't have energy, this is where people can't get up in the morning, they can't focus, they can't think, and that's when you lose hope. And when you lose hope, you've lost everything. Hmm. So I'm having this picture here kind of in my head of, of a physical body that is given energy, okay, mm-hmm. um, to do something. And then what you bring in is you bring in this negative energy which saps the existing positive energy and takes yes. you down to a depleted level. I mean, that's what you're really talking about is that when we don't channel it toward, toward the side of, you know, trusting and being faithful. You know, we're using the words positive and negative. I mean, God works through negative things. God works Mm -hmm. through terrible things. But when you think of heaven, do you think of heaven being a positive or negative place? I mean, it's just clearly (laughs) defined scripturally as a place of joy and health and peace and all the things that we, you know, call positive. And when we choose the negative side, we are just stopping the energy, and that's just all it is. You can't, you know, you can't really be fully you if you're going to just sit and feel sorry for yourself and be mad at God and other people all the time. You just can't be fully you. 
I agree. That is probably the most energy zapping uh, thing that you can do is to, uh, to do just what you said and to focus on the negative and become fearful, become timid. It's it just it's taxing. It's very it's very taxing emotionally. It's taxing mentally, spiritually, and physically when your fears become overwhelming. Hmm. Um, tell us, tell me where you think, uh, where you think that things would have gone if you had just sat and wallowed in your sadness and, and your honestly, um, you would have had every right to just sit down and feel sorry for yourself for quite a long time, Jackie. <laughs> so what would have happened, you know, what would have happened differently if you had just taken, let's say, six months to just really be angry? Had I done that, Marnie, I would have ended up one of two places and they still would have been the same result. I would have been in jail uh, because, uh, like most people that would approach me and said, how in the world did you not want to kill that woman? I would, so I would have been in jail. I know that. <laughs> and uh, I probably would have uh, killed myself either way. You know, I, it would have been over, right. you know, for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I chose uh, to fight. I chose to fight for what I know that God had has given me. I know who I am, and one of the things he tells me throughout his word is that I am more than a conqueror, that I am bigger than any situation, any struggle. I don't care how bad it may seem. He's already told me I'm bigger, I'm greater than that. And so because I know that I'm greater than that, then I rise up and I stand above those obstacles and I look down at them and, okay, I I might not be able to change what has happened, but I still can find joy and I still can find God in this situation. And that's what I did. I began to tell other people about the love of God. Let so many people to salvation and why my son is in the mm-hmm. ICU. So it's just the, 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 the yeah. mindset that you get in yeah. and is what's going to control how you come out. It, it, the, the, struggle, the, the struggle doesn't, I'll say the situation doesn't really destroy people is what you do or you don't do while you're in the situation. It's the value you assign to it. Yes. Yeah. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Well, wow, this is Marnie talking to Jackie Boatwright today. You guys want to check out our website, Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, Boat, just like the boat, right, W-R-I-G-H-T.com. We'll come right back, and we're going to talk about the main reasons you should become more fascinating, the realities of how God made you to be mesmerizing, and how to, yourself, how to see yourself as intriguing through the eyes of Christ. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. We're having a great time here with our guest today, Jackie Boatwright of JackieBoatwright.com. Jackie, let's go ahead and talk about the main reasons you should become more fascinating. I mean, somebody (laughs) might say, isn't that kind of self-centered to need to be fascinating? What do you say? (laughs) 
I say there's a fine line between confidence and conceit. That's what I say. And I am very <laughs> confident in my God and what he's able to do through me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just think that he expects us to be fascinating. I mean, and when you think about the word fascinating and what it means, it means, you know, to arouse one's curiosity uh, or interest, just to be mesmerized and to be fascinating. And I just think that we were created fast to be fascinating, to be, we all should always be curious about what we're able able to accomplish through Christ. And that's what it means to me to be more fascinating. And, and we should be creating every single day. And we should be arousing our own curiosity. We should not just be, you know, dwellers of our past successes. It's, we should be every day creating something more fascinating and more interesting. So that's what it means to be fascinating and to be interesting. And, and God expects us to be productive, and I say this, somebody just said to me today, and they were, they were saying to me, you know, um, telling me a story about something that another person that they knew were going through, and uh, it was, you know, it was very um, emotionally draining for them, and they couldn't understand why people of God or such good people, as she said, would go through things. And, you know, God immediately put on my heart, he said, you know, okay, I need an army. And, and, and that's what people need to understand. We are soldiers in God's army. And in order to fight a war, you have to have been to war and come through war to be able to train the other warriors. So if you're going to be a, a warrior or a soldier for God, you've got to be willing to go through something and come out so that you can train other warriors. And therefore, we build an army for God. And that's, all, that's the main reason why we should be more fascinating. We should be the ones that are producing, that are growing, that are creating. And I'm just excited about being fascinating and every day I I just want to fascinate myself what else can I create what else can I do you know (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it well you are you are a very fascinating person I love just tracking down your whole list of things that you've been doing so far and you're a young woman you've got lots of time left Uh, (laughs) it's so it's so fun to think that you know I know that you've experienced this, Jackie, and I have too. And our heart, of course, listener, is for you to experience this also, where people kind of just and you catch them watching you out of you know out of the corner of your eye. You see mm-hmm. people watching you because they're like, "How could she do that? How is that possible?" Like what you said, people were asking you, "How could you not just want to kill that woman?" Um, you know, a lot of times for me, it's how do you get so much done, or how did you know what to say in that situation, or how could you possibly? <laughs> Have you know um, one of the stories I tell is my dad just dropped dead. I mean he was just like fine, and then he dropped dead, and and how God just within a couple minutes gave me that peace that's beyond comprehension, and I was able to walk through that whole grieving process so differently than a person who has no hope. You know, people have said, "How are you like that?" And that's what we're talking about being mesmerizing when when people just try to study and say, "What is." going on in that life <laughs> that's mm-hmm. different. and that's exactly what god calls us he calls us his trophies that's what you do yes. with a trophy you look at it and you you dream about maybe someday i could have a trophy or be a trophy you know yes. <laughs> what do you say to that you know, for me i tell people all the time probably one of the greatest eye-openers for me, if I go back to my son's situation, I'm in the hospital, he's in ICU, and I am, you know, running around, you know, doing this and doing that, trying to get things in order to bring him home, and as I'm coming out of the hospital doors, I'm meeting a lady in a wheelchair, okay, and this lady has no legs, 
And so I don't know what made me stop, but we had a conversation. I'm like, why are you here? And she goes, oh, my son had, he's uh, choked on a piece of popcorn, lost oxygen to his brain, and so I'm in in the hospital with him. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so you take care of him? She goes, yes. And God said, look, she's half the woman you are, and she's doing it, so what's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, just that that was just such a, I'm like, this one, literally, she had no legs. But here she was taking care of a child in a similar condition as mine. She was literally half the woman that I am. Yeah. And she did it. You know. So then if, I'm sorry? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. So I was, you know, that just showed me that, you know, wait a minute. Uh, Something's wrong with this picture. (laughs) You know, something's definitely wrong. Right. I I actually for for many years when the kids my kids were little I had a picture on our refrigerator and it was a picture of children from a third world country that were starving and they had like um they had like flies crawling on their noses and I mean it was just this horrible hideous picture but above it I just wrote the words is there really anything wrong here you know I mean the the reality is we get all focused on our little things that we don't have without recognizing everything we do have. And there's a huge difference when we change our focus. Absolutely, absolutely. Changing that thought process and just challenging that energy into the positive side of things. And that's what I I did. You know, I just basically began to to hold on to hope and uh, hold on to the the, the good things. You know, he's still here. You know, he may be different, but he taught me how to love from the inside out as opposed from the outside in. We can always love people who say, I love you back. But God says, can you love somebody who can't say, I love you? We love people who can hug us back. Can you love somebody who can't hug you back? And so I began to love my son from his soul. And when you love, love someone from their soul, you don't see the imperfections. That's the way God loves us. He doesn't care about the flesh and blood. He's only concerned about our soul. That's the only thing that's going to see the kingdom of heaven. And so, therefore, when you love the soul, you don't see imperfections. You just see the right. beauty. And, you know, you're mesmerized by the beauty of what God has created. And that's why he's so mesmerized with each of us is because he looks at our soul and he says, that's mine. I created that. Look at that. Look how perfect that is. And so that's what it is, is exciting to me about that. Yeah, and we do want to talk about this for a minute because it's through the eyes of Christ. And so one of the things I've been recognizing is just the power of the phrase, um, in my weakness he is made strong, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's not only powerful for me to use for myself, but now let's say that I have an employee who's not, able to do something as well as I would like her to do it. And I can, I, can, I can pass that grace and that power off to her then. In her weakness, God is able to yeah. be strong. And possibly he's being strong by developing character qualities in me, like patience or something like that. <laughs> but the reality is that through the eyes of Christ, there is nothing that cannot be redeemed. Through the eyes of Christ, we are all redeemable, and there is nothing that anybody has ever done. There's nothing that I've done or you've done or anyone else has done that makes them irredeemable through the eyes of Christ. Absolutely. You know, in Psalms uh, 139, David, is is, he's just so intrigued Mm -hmm. with how well God knows him. (laughs) You know, it's intriguing. He says, you know, says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is, and David says, you know, I I just, I'm just intrigued at how well he knows me. 
You know, and even when our good thoughts are bad thoughts, you know, God knows each and every one of them. He says he even knows what we're going to say before we say it. And David is just so in love and so in awe that this type of personal relationship exists between him and God. And that is just fascinating to be known so well by the Creator. And yet, even when we say bad things or do bad things, those things are, you know, like you said, they're still redeemable. And that's what makes it so fascinating to me and intriguing. I don't know about you, but I often say this phrase, wow, I can't believe you let me be involved in that. <laughs> God and say, you, know, you know, you come through something and you've seen God show up um, in tangible ways in people's lives and you got to be there as some part of it. And it's just the most astonishing thing to me still. You know, we're using words about, like thinking about ourselves as fascinating or mesmerizing or intriguing or mm-hmm. whatever, but the reality is it's our God who is all of these things right. and he's flowing these things through us which make us these things. It's still a God focus. Absolutely, absolutely. Certainly, you know, God. When God showed up in uh, in my life uh, at that time, and I was so happy to have had such a relationship that I didn't have to take time to introduce myself to Him. <laughs> he already knew, right. you know, that we could right. basically immediately begin the work that was needed to be done. You know, and I think that you know, Job is probably one of the greatest um, examples. Right of how we are supposed to handle challenges. You know, uh, when Job, you know, his answer was always, well, you know, okay, well, God give it, God take it away. You know, uh, naked I came in his world, naked I should leave. He wasn't attached to things. And I think that is what God knew about him, was that he would not fail him by being attached to material things. Like some people, you know, they lose their home, you know, and suicide is on their mind. You know, they lose possessions, they lose their children, suicide is on their mind. But none of that was on Job's mind. Job always stayed focused on what God is able to do. And because of that, you know, God rewarded him double for his trouble. And I think he's the greatest example of how uh, fascinating uh, Christ can be through us in our lives. Mm, I just love it. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Jackie Boatwright. We're going to come right back and talk to about what to do with any failure. We'll be right back. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you are visiting with us this afternoon at Marnie's Friends. Happy to have you here, and thanks for coming. Our guest today is Jackie Boatwright. Her website is JackieBoatwright.com. Jackie is J-A-C-K-I-E, Boat, and then the word right with a W, dot com. Jackie, thanks for being here. Let's talk about uh, success and failure. And, you know, success is always easier to talk about, so let's go ahead and dive right into failure. (laughs) Well, spiritually, Marnie, there is no such thing as failure because spiritually God can't fail. There is no such thing spiritually because God can't fail. 
Now, a few things happen naturally when we fell. Is either our faith was not where it should be, because most of the people, again, as long as things are going okay, everything is okay. But when things are are challenging, then the only affirmations that they speak over themselves, they really don't believe. They assume that faith is a noun when it's indeed a verb. (laughs) Faith without works is dead. Faith requires action. And also, too, uh, when it comes to failure, failure is often aligned with fear, and fear and faith can't reside in the same space. When one shows up, the other has to leave. Um, So I personally uh, don't see failure. Failure, in my mind, is always viewed in one manner, and that is simple. That is just one more way that won't work. That's just the way I view Mm -hmm. failure. It's one more way that won't work. And when we can accept our failures in the manner of the fact that God always has our best interest at heart, then we don't see failure. We see that God maybe is protecting me from something that I don't know because he knows more about me than I know about myself. He knows what's ahead of me, so he's trying to stop me from going into that direction so that I won't be harmed. And, or he has something greater for me. So it's just all how you view failure. But spiritually, there is no such thing as failure because God can't fail. He can do anything but fail. Uh, yeah, I love that. I always I always define failure as feedback, which is what you're talking about here, is that you pause and you say, hmm, <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> so is that because I'm supposed to learn something here? Did I do something wrong that I need to confess? Did I, did I, was I simply being used by God in a way I didn't expect? And so therefore it may look like failure, but it isn't failure. I think about uh, people getting stuck in, a, stuck in a traffic jam. So you're on your way to an event. You're supposed to be there at 5 p.m. You get stuck in traffic. You can't make it until 5.30. So are you a failure? Was that really a failure? Or was that just feels like a failure, but it was actually something that you couldn't avoid? Something that you could have never predicted that right in front of you was going to be a crash that was going to, you know, stop you for 30 minutes. Uh, you know, and I think I think some of these things get kind of confused in our mind, and we think, well, I always fail at that. Uh, what do you say to someone who says, well, I've tried that before. I always fail at that. <laughs> well, I, I once again, uh, well, they answered it themselves. They always fail. And so, therefore, they're already predestined to fail because they already, if they always fail, they're always thinking that they're going to fail. So they operate in that same manner. And Einstein's definition of insanity is you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same result. So if you're always failing, you must be doing the same thing over and over again. So if you don't learn from your failures, at least you'll learn. Me, I try to learn what not to do. <laughs> I sit down and I examine everything that I did uh, within that uh, process of trying to accomplish whatever it was I was attempting to accomplish. And so then I, I take a truthful look. What it, could I do different? Uh, what could I have done different What you know, uh, going forward? And so I know what not to do. And so you can't end up with the same result if you do something different. It just... You, you right. can't. I mean, if if you if you if you take a different route to work, you're going to see some different scenery at least. So you can't end up with the same result if you do something different. So if you're getting the same result over and over again, it's because you're doing the same thing over and over again. And a lot of people do. Some a lot of people don't learn. They don't see 
their failure as an opportunity to learn. What has been one of the most frustrating failures you've had, and how did it turn out in the end? Oh, ugh. you know, Marty, to be honest with you, I have not thought about failing in so long until <laughs> I as honest of a statement <laughs> as I can make. I just mm-hmm. don't see I don't see anything in my life as a failure. I, everything mm-hmm. that's happened to me, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I see it as shaping me into who I am today. I, I see it as making me stronger in my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So I don't see anything as a failure. I can't tell you how to come out of the valley if I'm not willing to go in the valley. I, I can't tell you, you know, how to pull yourself up if I've never been down. So when I'm down, if I not pull myself up, then I didn't fail because I got up. Yeah, I think about a picture. If the picture only has blue, <laughs> like blue sky, that's all the picture is. It isn't really much of a picture. It has to have the highlights. It has to have some dark in there. It has to have some light in there. Otherwise, you don't really have a picture. You just have a blank that's blue. And, that, you know, I, I love what you're saying right there. In fact, you're challenging me a little bit because I still, I think I still do think of several things in my life as failures that need to be fixed instead of stepping stones toward mm-hmm. toward what God is accomplishing in my life. So thank you for challenging my heart in that way. That's cool. Um, there's a wonderful but possibly surprising role that we've been assigned. What is that? That the fact that we are to be overcomers. Uh, that's just, I, I, we are. He's assigned us to be overcomers. He told us tells us we are more than conquerors. Nothing should ever overpower us to the point of letting go and giving up. There is a, every overcome. We should be overcomers of every challenge that we face in life. If we can just grasp the thought that I am an overcomer, I am a conqueror. You know, I just often think of David. When David had gone away to war and he came back, you know, and he found that his whole village had been burned down, his, his, all of his possessions gone, his, his family was gone, you know, David didn't sit there and go, you know, well, oh, my God, you know, it's all my life is over. This is it for me. David said, wait a minute. I am an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. So I'm going to go to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to take back that everything that God has given to me. And a lot of people don't realize this about themselves, the role of an overcomer you know, that God has assigned for you to be. You should be able to overcome through Christ every challenge that is set before you. God is, is actually, he doesn't test us. But he definitely wants to have some jokes that he can let down the hedge with every now and then so he can get some glory. And, you know, we know that the things in our life that we're going through, if they're negative, is for his glorification. Then we can fight so that we can say, God, hey, I I want you to get some glory out of this situation. And we have to do that by realizing that we've been assigned a role to be an overcomer. And when you focus on the glory of God, and letting your light shine through God. Let people see that you went through this, but you came out just like what he intended for you to be. God is, is like the greatest goldsmith. And with gold, you got to put that gold in the fire. That gold has to get to a certain temperature, and when it comes out, the goldsmith has got to beat it into shape for it to turn out to be that beautiful gold um, emblem that we wear around our neck or whatever that design is going to be. It has to be 
put in the fire, and we are assigned to be overcomers. What do you say to the people who, you know, just are health, wealth, and prosperity, and there's just simply, it was a lack of faith. Uh, if you didn't, if anything goes wrong in your life, it's a lack of faith. How how do you respond? Well, no, I don't think it's a lack of faith. It's because I, I, we are closest to God. I think that God is trusting you. God, like he says he knows us, again, better than we know ourselves. He knows what you're capable of handling and what you're not. When I went through that situation, God knew that in me was an indefatigable spirit that I was going to fight. He knew that. I didn't know it at the time, but he knew that. Right. So therefore, where some other parents, their children were called to heaven immediately. God said, no, you're going to deal with this thing for 4,000 in 15 days. That's how long I took care of my son. 4,015 days, 11 years, I took care of him in my home. So he knew that I wasn't the type of spirit that was going to wallow in self-pity. He knew that I wasn't the type of spirit that was not going to become my son's voice, become my son's eyes, his legs, that I wasn't going to uh, seek change to protect other people. He knew that about me. And so when God, you know, a lot of people, you know, they just they, they don't understand that God knows them better than they know themselves. And so they give in to their own ability as opposed to the ability of God. Yeah, that's such a great way to state that. That That is where the problem comes in, is when mm-hmm. we're trying to do it by ourselves. Exactly, exactly. And most people, they, they again, they began to lean on their own understanding I was always, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you need to do it because this is what <laughs> you're asking me to do. You know, you know right. I can't do this without you. And he began to change hearts in my favor, minds in my favor. And I, I got things accomplished. People were telling me I'd never changed the law. You never get a law change. You might as well go home and take care of your baby. I got not only one state law change, but two state laws change, and a federal law that's on the book, all when they said that I couldn't, but me and my God – you're going to make me preach in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's all good. No, it's great. You know, I, I had gone through uh, one of the black nights of my soul. I'd gone through and I had read that same what you just said from Hoswald Chambers. He said, God is trusting you. And I remember reading that thinking, I wonder if that could be true. Because when you're going through it and everything is very black and you cannot see the next step. It's not like you have light for the next step. You really actually are in the dark, pitch black. And you're blind now, and God is actually leading you every step just with his spirit, but you can't really feel that. Yeah, and absolutely. I remember reading that, that God is, that God is trusting you in those, positions, in those times. And, and that was encouraging to my heart. Like you said, at the time, I couldn't understand it or feel it necessarily. But definitely, of course, God is um, taking you to a different level of faith. He's saying, Absolutely. now it's time for a new, a new boot camp here. This is a little different than you've been through before, and it's not going to feel the same. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that's what most people, most people, especially those that accept Christ, you know, they don't expect to go through anything. But trust me, <laughs> that's when uh, the enemy is going to throw everything, you know, your way. But God wants you mm-hmm. to remember that he is with you. And those that are with you are more than those that are with them. And you have to keep that in mind. And I kept telling myself that those that are with me are more than those that are with them. And, you know, I knew that I had an army 
that was greater than any situation that I was facing. And I focused on that, and I didn't lose my sight of that. And, you know, people like, oh, you know, my son passed away. Well, you know, um, God didn't heal your son, and, and you know, and he, he died. Yeah, but we all got to, we, we talk about going to heaven, but nobody wants to die. So I'm elated <laughs> that he had an opportunity <laughs> to go. <laughs> How are you going to get there if you don't want to die? You know, this is it's right. nonsensical right. to me, the thought process mm-hmm. uh, when we're faced with challenges. We talk about this God that we love, that we wherever, that we want to be with, that we want to spend eternity with. But when we lose someone that we love here on this earth, God, why did you take them? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> why, why did you yeah. take them? You know, we, they were loaned to you. Yeah. Our children are loaned to us. Yeah. They belong to yeah, God. Great, and that's, uh, yeah, that's Yeah. This great precious treasure we have, and we don't know how long we get anybody for. We don't know, you know. We have no idea. I, I have a sister who has two daughters. Um, one is an adult, one is a high schooler, and she has three babies in heaven. You know, one she got to hold, and two she didn't. And you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like we never get to choose these things. God is choosing no. these things, and then it's our choice whether we trust Him or not. Absolutely. And when it comes to God, you know, for me. You know, I'm I'm really at peace with whatever decision he makes in my life. And I'm just so happy, you know, that he would trust me to handle such a task. And so I wanted to make sure that I handled it, handled it in a dignified manner where he would be pleased with my service. And I think a lot of people, again, begin to, you know, lean on themselves and think about themselves and what they're going through and what they're experiencing as opposed to, you know, letting God, you know, be glorified in their lives and showing other people still he's merciful, he's still loving, and he is not punishing you for anything. And a lot of people get caught up in that. What did I do to deserve this? Nothing. Right. (laughs) Nothing on the good side or on the bad side. We don't deserve the grace (laughs) either. Wonderful. Well, this is Marty Sudberg. We're visiting today with Jackie Boatwright. We're going to come right back and talk about two of the most powerful tools you have been given by God and also what to expect from God and what he expects from you. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. We are having such a great hour today with our guest Jackie Boatwright. And her website for you to check out is Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, Boatwright, W-I-R-I-G-H-T dot com, JackieBoatwright.com. Jackie, let's talk about the two most powerful tools that we've been given by God. Go ahead and take us right into this segment. Well, actually, there are three. Uh, and I think they're power, right. power to move beyond all of our letdowns, put-downs, ups, downs, trials, tribulations, love, the ability to love uh, unconditionally, and sound mind. Nothing should be have you so broken internally or emotionally uh, that you 
lose your mind. I, I think those are when you have sound mind and you can love and you have power, that you can accomplish everything that God sets forth for you to do. So those are the three most powerful tools that I think that God has given us. And he actually says, I, I gave you, I gave you power, you know, power to conquer, power mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to, uh, to, to raise up and, and rise up and to fight and to stand and the ability to love unconditionally as I love you and sound mind, which is priceless. When you've got sound mind, ugh. That's that peace that surpasses all understanding that God talks about. Hmm. We started the program talking about channeling our energy, and now you're talking about power. And it's kind of along the same lines because <laughs> this, we have been given an amazing gift. I actually, have, I actually have something I call an energy roster where I just keep track at what time of day how my energy level is. And it's amazing how, you know, different things affect this um, from food to um, rest at night to you know to the intensity of the day, and you can actually watch this energy flow up and down um, mm-hmm. in, throughout the day. But the most amazing thing I found, Jackie, is that well, I have to tell you that right exactly before we came on the air today, I was I was sitting at my desk with literally my head was in my arms on my desk thinking. I have nothing. I am so exhausted right now. You know, I've just been running hard all day since, you know, 5 o'clock this morning, just going, going, going. And I came in to do the, the radio show here, and I sat down, and I, it just slammed me that I was so exhausted. And I did what I almost always do. I usually do this when I'm in this situation, is I just, I just take the moment. I had two minutes. <laughs> before we had to get started here I took those two minutes to literally rest and then when I picked my head up I just said okay God I have no energy right now so I just need some of yours well if you listen to me can you envision that just a few minutes ago I was totally lacking energy I had none so there's wow. this amazing gift that we have to tap into the power of the Godhead and let him flow it through us instead of us trying trying to generate more energy and more power. Yeah. Isn't that just, just different... this, oh. <laughs> That is it's amazing. Yeah. I remember one time no, no. when the kids were little and I was I was learning to trust God with my time and so things were kind of, I was exhausted and it was the middle of the day I was exhausted. I remember sitting in a chair in our living room in the fetal position. I was like so exhausted. <laughs> As a mom with three little kids running around, you know, and I, I was so tired. And I just remember just crying out to God. I was like, God, I just can't sit here. There. I have to get up and take care of these kids. But I can't. I don't have any energy. And I remember him just saying, go and turn on some music. And I knew exactly what to do. I walked into the other room, kind of slogged, I would say, into the other room because I just could hardly move. I put some music on, and within like two minutes, I was literally twirling my little three-year-old around. I had so much energy. <laughs> if we will just listen to Christ and just do what he's asked us to do, which is to just be humble and ask for help and trust mm-hmm. that he's going to give it to us. I mean, this energy thing, this power thing is huge. Tell, tell me a story of power in your life. 
Oh, 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 God, there's so many. Uh, definitely even with my, my son, you know, I, I go back to that because that was probably one of the most, my most Christifying moments. You know, I remember sure. uh, coming home and having to, uh, they told me I had to set up all of this equipment in the house and I had to get the house ready for my son or I wouldn't be able to bring him home. And I found myself, his, his crib was there, and I was trying to move the crib from one room to the, another room so it would be closer to the front door, and the crib gets stuck in the doorway. And there's nobody there but me. It's stuck. I can't move it, mm-hmm. you know. And I just sat there, and I just cried. I just mm-hmm. cried. And and God said, you know, get up and try again. <laughs> you know, after about 15 minutes of crying, I can't get this crib out of this door. I'm not going to get this house. I don't think I can do this. God said, get up and try again. Right. I get up, and mm-hmm. I try to get in the crib. just comes right out. You know, right. sometimes <laughs> we just need to get up and try again, <laughs> you know. Just get up and try again. I know it seems like everything, all hope is gone. Just get up and try it one more time. The second one, then, after power, is just love unconditionally. I I think we all want to. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we all want to. (laughs) But once again, you know, I mean, it goes back to the exact same thing. You know, I had this girls' club in my home. These girls would come over, and I would run out of steam run out of love for one of them or all of them or whatever. And I would just turn around, turn my back, like look, pretend I'm looking for something in a cupboard or something. And I would just say, God, I am out of love for so-and-so right now. I need some of yours. (laughs) And you know what? He would just give it to me. He would literally just give me some more. It's like, why do we think we run out? We run out because we literally ran out. (laughs) We didn't have any more. I think that, you know, with, uh, again, with the human nature uh, of us, and that's why it is so imperative that we lean on God for these type of things because we will run out, but God never runs out. If he ran out, he probably would have given up on me a long time ago. (laughs) He'd be like, you know, Jackie, I have no more. I always say if I were God, I literally, I would have pulled the plug on the whole thing right after Cain killed Abel. That would have been the end of it for me. <laughs> no. I mean, his love, his love is never ending. It truly is. Never and he ending, just doesn't run out. And, and he wants to extend that to us and through us. And it's us, we get in the way. Yeah. Yeah, we, we get in the way a lot. You know, uh, I'm gonna, God doesn't yeah. need our help. Sure. He just needs our trust in him. To do yeah. it, you know, that's all mm-hmm. he needs. He just needs our ability, um, our, our belief in him, and that he is able. And that if he, we don't get what we want, we still trust him to have something greater, or to see, or that he's protecting us in some manner. He just wants that trust. You know, I just think of of how he led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and you know he protected them from all of these beatings and you know all of this harsh treatment, and they get out there and they just start to to complain. We don't have anything to eat. You brought us out here in the desert to die. You know, God says, wait a minute. You know, he starts raining stuff down for the sky for them to eat, and they still were not satisfied. You know, and, and yeah. God just wants to just trust me. I have I parted the ocean, the the sea, and let you walk through this on dry land. And all I want you to do is get out here and do is just, just have the celebration with me and just focus on me and let me handle this. And then here you are, all of that ruthless treatment that you've been getting, and now you're going to say I was better off where I was. 
you know, and I, yeah. I just think that God gets, you know, frustrated sometimes with us and our lack of trust in his will for our lives. Hmm. Absolutely. I, I I think that we way underestimate um, what he's wanting to do through us. That, yes. that we think, instead of being a fascinating, mesmerizing, you know, mesmerizing, mm-hmm. energetic, mm-hmm. intriguing person, we're like, I hope I can get through the day. In fact, you know, I, I just have to <laughs> confess, for years, I, I, I play the piano for our church sometimes or the keyboard or whatever. And for years, I would get up to that piano on Sunday morning and I would sit down and I would pray, God, just please help me not be a distraction. And that was the best I could do, Jackie, for years and years and years. The best I could do was to ask that I wouldn't be a distraction. Okay, I still don't want to be a distraction. But now I'm like, God, just flow through me. Just use me, God. Just, you know, and it's a whole different position. It's a position yes. of power and boldness versus a position of timidity and fear, self-focus. I'm just so important here. If I get in the way, God won't be able to handle it. You know, I mean, really, you know, I look back <laughs> at it now and just recognize the growth. But but when you're in it, you don't feel that way so much. This is part of the sound mind. Talk to me about be having a sound mind. Sound mind is, is, to me, is priceless. I mean, with sound mind, you're just able to hear God, to see God, you know, in other people, to, 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 to hear his voice in the wind. When your mind is sound, when you're at peace, you know, when you're not worried about who goes or who stays, when you're not stressing about things that you can't change. You know, so many people are stressed about things they can't change. Whereas for me, <laughs> you know, if I can't fix it and I know that God knows my heart and he knows what I'm, I'm, I've mm-hmm. done, then I'm at peace with that. You know, and I, you know, when I was going through it, let me tell you something, I was broke, busted, and really almost disgusted. And I paid my bills. I did everything. But when I got to the point of where I couldn't, and God knew that I didn't have anything in my pocketbook, I was okay with telling the bill collector, uh, we're not having this conversation today. <laughs> Goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, and because my mind had to be protected. I had to keep my mind clear to focus on the things that were of God in my life. And God knew what I was doing, what I could do, what I couldn't do, and I knew that my heart was clear. And that's why I love so much. I think it's Proverbs um, 21 and 2 or 2 and 12. He said, man always thinks, it's one or the other, man always thinks what he's doing in his heart is right. But God looks at your motives. He looks at why you did what you did. And all I wanted to do was make sure that my mind was sound, so therefore my motives were pure. And I was all right with that. So, Jackie, what can we expect from God, and what does He expect from us? Oh, if 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 we can learn what He expects from us, we can always produce. And I tell people this is the greatest story that I think is in the Bible when it comes to what God expects from us. You know, Jesus was hungry that day, and the Bible said He purposely went to the fig tree that He knew was out of season to. Get some figs. He gets to the fig tree. The fig tree has no figs, has not produced. And the fig tree is probably saying, well, I don't know why you come over here anyway. You know it wasn't the season for figs. <laughs> right. so, so Jesus leaves. You know, he tells the fig tree, well, may you never produce any more figs. Comes back by with the disciples, and they said, you know, Master, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has died. And Jesus says, yes, verily I say unto you, anybody that has faith in me, anything that they ask in my name, it shall be given. So people begin to think like they're trees. 
I produce in a season. No, it just wasn't my season. Jesus is saying, I may show up at your house at any day. And because I am God, I am expecting you to produce. And that's what he was doing to that tree. He knew the tree, it wasn't the season for figs, but he went there anyway looking for figs. So I don't ever want God to come to my house where I'm not producing and my rationale is it's not my season. When Jesus said, no, with faith, people produce year-round. Trees produce in season. So God expects you to produce all the time through faith in him. I like that. I like that. And it changes my mind about something I've been thinking, but I like that. And I see the picture of in heaven, there's, there's a waterway and there's trees that bear all the time, right? Mm-hmm. They're just always mm-hmm. bearing fruit. But heaven has come in our hearts. You know, that's, that's the deal is that we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. And so, therefore, yeah, I agree with you that it should always be producing. Interesting. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. And what can Absolutely. we expect from God? <laughs> we, if, if we hold on to that, we can expect all that God has to offer, the earth and the fullness thereof is, is his. We can expect to be productive on our jobs, in our lives. We can expect to, to, live, to live a fulfilled and happy life. We can expect to be able to overcome challenges and to be able to be a walking, talking testimony from God because we will learn that our challenges make us closer to him. It's when we're closest to him and that we will be able to do what he expects us to do, that is to lead somebody else out of the valley and show them just how great of God it is that we serve. (laughs) This hour has absolutely (laughs) flown by. Real quick, you guys want to go visit Jackie's website over at JackieBoatwright.com. Jackie, if they go over there, what are they going to find? They are going to find uh, a woman that is crazy enough to do everything that God puts on her heart and mind to do. Uh, <laughs> I have <laughs> I have my own hair and skincare line that I developed in the midst of my son's storm that is now in store shifts um, around the country. Uh, they're going to find uh, links to my, my stage plays, which are spiritually based, but with a comedic uh, side to them. They're going to find information uh, about... Uh, me, everything that I do, my wonderful family, and uh, just a woman that is just in love with God and that has really mastered how to get heaven to respond. Heaven does not respond to your prayer. Heaven only responds to one thing. Do you believe he's able to do it? And if you believe that he's able to do it, you walk like it, you talk like it, you live it. Mm. You don't doubt it because I, a double-minded person does not ask God for anything. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> my sister has a saying that I'd rather look like a fool than miss an opportunity to be used by God. And so when she when she puts something in by faith, she just goes for it as if it's already done, as if it's yes. already here, it's already in place. And she, that's what she taught me is it's like you just go for it with all your heart, and that's what you're telling us right now. It's that faith, that childlike faith, like, of course you're going to serve me supper. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, you're going to take care of me because you're my dad. Right, oh, that's oh, Jackie, thank you so much for being here today. It was such an honor to be here. And, you know, if I could tell the listeners, just remember God said, I would never put any more on you than you can bear. So whatever God has pulled from your life, whether that be a person, a thing, possessions, he said, I would never put more on you than you can bear. And you've been crying out to him, you know, God, I can't take this. So he moved it. So it's okay. 
let it go. He has more. He has something better. He has somebody better. So you're just walking that and, 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 and know that God is, is in charge of your life and all is well. Hmm. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for being here today. Can't have a show without listeners, and I am always so honored that you come out for the live show on Wednesdays over at Blog Talk Radio. And for those of you who listen to the archives around the uh, web, as well as for those of you who share us on your own website, thank you with the player box. We're so grateful to you. Hope to see you over at marty.com this week, and see you here again next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>